I forgot to wish you all a happy new year when the service began. Because it's 2018 now. And you know what, you know what that means, right? For the next month, we're going to have to erase the date because we'll continue to write 2017 instead of 2018. I did it like four times this week already. But with the new year also comes New Year's resolutions. How many of you have a New Year's resolution? At least one. No? Some, some of you don't. Some of you do. All right. Perfect. Uh, how many of you are just excited that 2017 is over and you're ready to kind of restart in 2018? A lot of head shaking. I see some hands going up. Dave in the back has two fingers up. I guess he's doubly happy about it. <laughs> yeah, with a, a year is a long time, isn't it? And over the course of a year, uh, things happen that we wish didn't. That we wish we could go back and redo things we said, things we did, uh, things we thought, uh, and we wish we could reset them, redo it. Maybe uh, it wasn't just 2017, maybe it was in the past, years before, where we wish we could just keep things back there and not go forward. I know that's the case for me. I wish I had a reset button where I could go back and take things back. Because I've done things, said things, and thought things I'm not proud of. I've said things to to family and friends uh, that were not so nice. And now as I look back, I'm left with just embarrassment. Uh, I've made decisions in the past that I thought were good at the time, but now uh, looking back, I saw that it just led to anxiety, worry, stress, It'd be nice to go back to those times and prevent those from happening. But probably the saddest and most tragic of them all is that I, I've made decisions in the past uh, that got in, my, in the way of my relationship with God. I let my emotions, my desires, my wants get in the way of my relationship with God. And it would be great to go back to those moments and prevent them from happening. It'd be great to have a reset button, wouldn't it? What would you use it for? To go back to that time at that party where you had too much to drink and it led to bad decisions? Would you use it to to go back in time and spend more time with your family instead of on selfish desires? Would you go back and prevent yourself from from making that purchase, that big purchase that has now led to debt? We all have our own things that we would go back and reset if we could restart, if we could redo it. Unfortunately, the reset button doesn't exist in real life. There's no like reset staple button that you can push and go back in time and, and reset. But there is a way that we can move forward and go into 2018 and not let the past haunt us. And that is in Jesus. That is resetting in Jesus. Just like our physical life has stages, our spiritual life has stages. Unlike our physical life, uh, where we can't go back to the infancy, in our spiritual life, we can go back to our infancy. And that's where we begin today. We begin at the infancy of our spiritual life, and that is baptism, being born again. 
To look at this, we're going to be in John chapter 3. John is one of those four books of the Bible that we call the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, They're the uh, biographies of Jesus, life, death, and resurrection. So we're in John chapter 3, and here's what we're told. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. We learn a couple things about uh, Nicodemus here. First, uh, he's a Pharisee. Uh, The Pharisees were the Jewish religious leaders. Uh, They were the ones that knew the Old Testament backward and forward. They were the teachers of the law, and they were considered holier than any other people. Uh, Outwardly speaking, no one could accuse them of a crime or anything wrong, uh, even a sin, because outwardly they lived such holy lives. Uh, Inwardly, they were filled with sin, uh, but outwardly they kept God's law to a T, even beyond that. We also learn that he's a member of the Jewish ruling council. The Jewish people uh, had a system of uh, spiritual leaders and political leaders. There's a group of 70 men that they called the Sanhedrin. These 70 men were in charge of the spiritual life and the political life of the Jewish people. Nicodemus is one of those men. He is high up on the list of Jewish people. People looked up to him. People looked to him to be their leader. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night in the cover of darkness. Why? Because all of Nicodemus' friends considered Jesus to be from the devil. They actually accused him of being from Satan. And so Nicodemus, uh, he doesn't really think so though. He thinks there might be something to this Jesus guy, so he comes to investigate, but he doesn't want his, his name to be tarnished. He doesn't want any of his friends to know, so he comes at night. And he says, Jesus, we know that you're from God because no one could do the things that you are doing unless you're from God. And look what Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus flatters Jesus. He says, hey, we know you're from God. And Jesus basically says, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's get to the heart of the issue. No one can be in the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus' point, there's nothing you can do to get into the kingdom. It has to happen outside of you. Something needs to happen to you. Someone else needs to get you into the kingdom. Nothing you do gets you in. So Nicodemus, Just because you're a Jew, God's chosen nation, big deal. Because you're a Pharisee, considered holier than every other person, doesn't matter. The fact that you're part of the ruling council, no big deal, Nicodemus. That gets you nowhere. Everything that Nicodemus built his eternal life on, Jesus said, this gets you nowhere. You need to be born again. And if you're following along in your worship folder, that brings us to our first point. To reset your life, you have to look outside yourself. 
to reset your life, you have to look outside yourself. And that's true for us too, isn't it? As New Year's begin, I often hear people say things like, uh, you know, 2017, the past year was kind of rough for me, but I expect this new year to be better. Why? Because I have this, this, and this planned. I'm going to fix my broken relationships. I'm going to forgive the people I haven't been able to forgive. Uh, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work out. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to make something of myself in the coming year. And that's all fine and good. Nothing's wrong with that. But if we are looking to those things, to what we do in the coming year, to make up for past mistakes, sins, and failures, we're not going to go anywhere. Nothing is going to happen. Uh, We're going to end 2018 the same way we began 2018. And that is with guilt, embarrassment, and shame about past mistakes. You see, if we look to our own actions and what we produce to make up for past mistakes, one of two things is going to happen. One, we're going to miss out on the kingdom of God because we can't get into the kingdom on our own. And the second thing is our past mistakes are just going to weigh on our hearts and our minds because there's nothing we can do to make up for them. Jesus says you need to be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can that happen? Here's what he says. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. That's a picture of my family. This is my dad's side of the family. This is my grandpa right there, my uncle, my brother, my dad, and me. We all kind of look alike, don't we? Yes. Yeah, we all do. Uh, except for my brother, we all have facial hair. He can't really grow anything. <laughs> Which, blessing and curse. He doesn't have to shave that often, but he can't fit in with the rest of us. <laughs> but flesh gives birth to flesh. Uh, my grandpa taught my dad and my uncle many things. My dad taught my brother and me many things and has taught us many things. But there's something that none of us needed to be taught. And that was how to be selfish. None of us needed to be taught to say mine. None of us needed to be taught how to cut someone down and cut them straight to the heart. None of us needed to be taught that. That came natural because flesh gives birth to flesh. At the very moment of conception, all five of us were sinful. At the very moment of conception, you were sinful. And this is how you acted. Flesh gives birth to flesh. You knew selfishness. You knew how to cut someone down. It comes naturally because we are all born sinful. And now you may be thinking to yourself, well, that's not exactly fair. That's not fair. I didn't even have a chance. 
And you're right, it's not fair. It's not. But do you know what else isn't fair? A baby who's born with AIDS because his parents had AIDS. That's not fair either. But just because something's not fair doesn't mean it's not factual. And the fact is, we are born sinful. Flesh gives birth to flesh. We are sinful because our parents were sinful and their parents were sinful and their parents were sinful. All the way back to Adam and Eve. This is how we are born. Sinful outside of the kingdom of God. And unless we are born again spiritually, we will not enter it. And yet we are born again in baptism. Jesus says, unless we are born by water and the Spirit, we will not enter the kingdom. And that brings us back to Titus, right? Our scripture reading from earlier. Do you remember what he said? What Paul said? At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Flesh gives birth to flesh, right? This is how we were born. Right there. That came natural to us. Not pretty, not what we want, not fair, but factual. But, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us, how? Through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Your second point this morning. (coughs) Baptism resets you because it saves you. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal through the Holy Spirit. He saved us. In baptism... What God did and what God does is He literally pulls people out of the fires of hell and resets their life in the kingdom of heaven. That's what He does in baptism. As New Year's begin, uh, there are often news stories from the past year of you know the feel-good stories of 2000, in this case, 17. Uh, and I was reading them this week and one uh, that I, I read was of a, a news photographer in L.A. Uh, what happened was he was out at night, as all these photographers do. I guess they just kind of roam the streets waiting for news to happen so that they can go take pictures of it. And he's roaming the streets of, of the highway, and he witnessed an accident. Uh, a car was rear-ended, spun around, hit the median, and immediately burst into flames. Uh, and almost as soon as he hit the median, the flames were higher than his SUV. And so the photographer jumped out, ran over there, and saw that the driver was unconscious. And so he busted the window, unbuckled the man, and pulled him from the flames of his car and brought him onto the the dry safety of the ground. Sin has rear-ended you and me. It has trapped you and me. And we cannot escape on our own. And in baptism, God reaches in and He pulls us from the flames and He brings us to this new life in Jesus. 
So how, where's the practical, uh, how, what, what's practical about this when we think of 2017? Our sins, our failures, our mistakes of 2017, what do they deserve in God's eyes? Uh, they deserve the fires of hell. And yet what did God do in your baptism? He pulled you out of the flames and He saved you from the consequences of those sins. Baptism resets you because it saves you. God pulls you out and brings you into the kingdom of heaven. But baptism also, in your baptism, God declares you not guilty. Titus, uh, Paul said this to Titus. Uh, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal, whom He poured out on us generously through the, uh, Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. The word justified is a big theological word. It's a courtroom word as well. Uh, justified means declared not guilty. It means you've been declared innocent. And that's what in your baptism... God declared you. Declared not guilty by His undeserved love. In your baptism, when He washed you and renewed you, God declared you not guilty. As soon as that water poured over your head and the word spoken, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God declared you innocent. Not guilty of all charges. So think about this for a minute. Think of uh, the, the most embarrassing sin that you've committed. Think of, of, the, of the mistake, the failure that you are most embarrassed about uh, from the past. You got it? Here's God's truth. You are not guilty. You are innocent of that. Because of baptism. Because in your baptism, God declared you not guilty. In baptism, God not only pulls you out of the fires of hell and and, and then says, hey, I've saved you. Don't screw up this time. No. God pulls you out of the fires of hell and He says, not only that, I'm declaring you not guilty of all of your past sins, all of your present sins, and all of your future sins. And how does He do that? Because in your baptism, He gives you the Holy Spirit who continues to wash you clean every single day, over and over again. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you in baptism and you are born again. God saved you in baptism. He's reset you in baptism because He's declared you not guilty. And maybe... Here's the point where you kind of have a shocked look on your face, a confused look. How does this all happen? And I think that's how Nicodemus looked. Because here's what Jesus says to him. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Do you believe in the wind? Yes. Can you see the wind? No. The reason you believe in the wind is because you see the effects of the wind, right? 
You see branches on the ground. You see the trees blowing. Uh, Last week I was up in Illinois. You saw cold snow blowing across the ground, uh, which I heard there were some on New Year's Eve here, so maybe you saw some snow blowing then too. We believe in the wind because we see the effects. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. In baptism, God gives you the Holy Spirit and He starts working on your heart. And though you can't see Him, He's working. And we see it every single day. Every single day, the Holy Spirit forgives people of their sins. Every single day, the Holy Spirit takes people who, are, who have guilty consciences and soothes them. Every single day, He takes people who are depressed and feel unloved and bring them into a loving relationship with Jesus. Every single day, the Holy Spirit works as He uh, guides you and leads you and grows you in peace, love, joy, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. In your baptism, God resets you. He saves you. He declares you not guilty. He forgives your sins. And He gives you the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. So now what? Here's your last point today. Believe the promises of baptism. Believe the promises of baptism. The promises of baptism, as we just said, good job. The promises of baptism. As we just mentioned, God saved you. He declared you not guilty. He forgave your sins and He's given you the Holy Spirit. These promises in baptism are yours. And they are for your children as well. And the reason this is so important is because very soon the devil is going to come to you. And he's going to say to you, he's going to whisper in your ear that you aren't worthy to be part of God's family. And in those moments, that is when you remember your baptism. And you say, you're right, Satan, I'm not. But guess what? In my baptism, God declared me not guilty. He declared me innocent. Satan's going to come to you, and he's going to say, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. And in your bap- you can say, Satan, I'm baptized. God baptized me. He gave me His Holy Spirit. He absolutely loves me. Because in baptism, God saves us. We don't have a reset button to go back and redo the things we've done. But we have a way that we can move forward and not let the past haunt us because we know that God has dealt with our past for us. And He did it in our baptism. So, uh, if you're listening or you're here today and you haven't been baptized, call me, text me. Uh, Email me, talk to me after the service. Let's get you baptized because these promises are for you. If your kids haven't been baptized, call me, text me, email me, talk to me after the service. Uh, These promises are for them. If you're already baptized, take hold of these promises once again today. Uh, These promises are yours. These are God's promises to you because you have been baptized into Jesus, into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God promises that He has saved you. He promises that uh, He has declared you not guilty. He promises He's forgiven your sins and He's given you the Holy Spirit. 
As we begin 2018, it's my prayer that baptism remains at the forefront of your mind because God has made you some amazing promises. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we we praise and thank You that You have saved us and declared us not guilty in our baptism. Uh, As we move forward in 2018 and we try to forget the past, help us to remember that You have dealt with the past uh, by forgiving us and saving us from the past. Uh, As we look to move forward, help us to focus on that, that we are declared not guilty in Your sight. In Your name we pray. Amen.